Welcome to Making Noise, Making Moves, a podcast series created for the Noise Moves Dance Youth Festival 2021. Today, we are speaking with John Scott, Artistic Director of Irish Modern Dance Theatre, dancer, choreographer, and curator. Welcome, John. Thanks so much for joining Thank us today. So, John, when we think of you, when I think of you, I just feel like there is there's nothing that stopped you creating work to you. And I think this past year during COVID has really shown us that, that you were one of the first companies to create an online platform that just it went for it. There was nothing that it didn't do. Looking and, and you reflecting on yourself, where does that, where does that stem from? Is that you, an inspiration, an impulse? A... I suppose, Jeanette, the first thing you're saying that makes me realize I was a late starter. I wanted to study dance maybe from about the age of 12 when I first saw live dance performance. I saw Kurt Yusuf's Green Table being danced by the Transform Köln in the Abbey Theatre and I thought, wow, I didn't know what dance was. And I thought I was just brought to it. And I thought, wow, this gets me. And I saw Swan Lake around the same time later that year by the Cork Ballet Company. And I also loved that. Uh, but I thought I can't be part of that. There's, uh, It's A, I'm a boy. B, dance, ballet, whatever is something other people do and girls do and um, you see films or something and there's a ballerina and um, I could not see a place for myself to even think about it. I could think of being a fireman. I could think maybe being an actor because my father worked in the theatre and I saw actors all the time. I could think of other things but I didn't know any dancers. I couldn't think of being a dancer. And, but I kept thinking in this way and it kept coming to me. And I, when I was 16, I had a backstage job um, working for the Irish National Ballet on follow spots. And I was walking around, stepping over dancers, doing the splits, warming up. And I found that very inspiring as well. But I, I phoned some schools, but um it just, it never materialized into anything. And I still couldn't find a way in until I was 19. I took my first dance class. And then um, at the age of 22, I started with Dublin City Ballet as an apprentice. Um, I had been taking some classes. So I almost felt I didn't have permission until then and until the opportunity really presented itself in a concrete way. And I still didn't know if I had the right to go that direction. I was making work. I started to make work even when I was in college in the Drama Society. I made work that was dance-inspired, avant-garde theatre-inspired. Um, I also worked with the Dublin Theatre Festival and I saw companies like the Living Theatre and other companies um, that inspired me and uh, made me feel that was where I wanted to go. Continued to go with this and I think, um, I think um, nobody really... Yes, I, the opportunities presented themselves, but it had to come in the end from my own determination and my decision, I am going to do this. And that's actually the hardest boundary in anything in life. You say, I'm going to do this thing and you do it. You're going to go to Australia. I suppose the thing is you make a date and you say, okay, 1st of June and um, you go, go and you book it. a ticket. And and then you, you just have to go for it. And for, for everything, it's about that. So dance, particularly at a late start, I think it doesn't matter if it's a late start. Everything is so difficult. It's such a battle. It's a battle with your body. It's a battle with your ego. Um, 
there's a huge competitive element. It's not really about competitiveness though. It's about you knowing and needing and having to say and having to do it that gives you no option but to have to do it um, and to pursue it. Um, You don't do it because it's fun. You don't do it because it's nice. You you have to do it because it's so hard. You have to stick with it. Most companies that. And I and I think as well that you've had you said that about you know the drive and determination, and with that drive and determination, you started creating work at an early stage. But because you had a great vision, you know your vision also propelled you. Your drive and determination also allowed that absolutely to bring you forward like that. I think your vision has always been very very strong with that. Well. The beautiful thing and the thing that a lot of the time you're you're either in a studio or you're trying to get the funding together to be in a studio to work with the dancers you want to work with, you need to work with, and to make the pieces that are burning up in your head and yeah. all the time. And I, I keep notes. Um, I have notebooks, sketch pads, little things where there's an idea, a germ of something that happens. And then it, there's also a whole totality of, of things that build up in your body and your, your, your consciousness that is your kind of your equipment. And I was talking to the, the guys in Noise Moves um, and I talked about one day um, that they had an internal studio that you carry yeah. around with you. And Lovely. particularly now we don't have access to a nice studio and you're watching them on zoom and they're in their bedroom or their kitchen and they're doing their best. And, um, and there's a lot of disadvantages, but there's something has been very interesting watching them. And um, Jesse Lucia, Carla, Alwyn and myself have been talking about this, that despite all these disadvantages and obstacles we have at the moment and the lockdown, the, all the young choreographers are making possibly their best work and um, it's coming out. They have a determination, they have a clarity and there's, um, there's this incredible determination and vision and something unstoppable in them. And that's also inspiring all of us. And um, there's maybe, there's something that you, you, yeah, we, I talked about having this inner studio. It's the studio you have when you're, waiting for the bus and you're thinking of a choreographic idea or you're watching TV and something catches you for a moment and, or you're, you're on your bicycle or you're going for a walk in a park and you start to think choreographically. And um, in, during the lockdown, I've been um, dancing in the local park a bit. I go maybe on a kind of a semi jog and then I, do um, I do something and dancing with the sky, with the trees, with vast space around you, it's different from being in a studio. It, it gives you, it, in a way, it's a kind of a reaffirmation of something yeah. that's there. Um, yeah. I think during COVID, we've all had to reaffirm or question what we're doing and how and why we're doing yeah. it. And um there's something been very beautiful I've seen about dance, not just um, with um, my own dancers and my own work and um, with the emergence choreographers, but also when you see things that other choreographers are doing, some of the dancers from New York City Ballet, from other um, companies and other artists are dancing outdoors. They're, they're doing things in other places, which 
of course, one of my great inspirations, the Judson Dance Theatre, Meredith Monk made a piece in a car park yeah. and the audience had to stand in one place and they, she danced in sparks of a blowtorch, um, a piece based on St. Joan, um, or Trisha Brown with the people in the rafts in Central Park on the water or on the rooftops. So these ideas have been going for a long time. Um, maybe we've become too conventional, mm. making a piece in a rehearsal space with a sprung floor for a black box theater with your lighting, your sound, and, uh, and that the dance and those things come from other places and can be in other places. And that maybe this is an opportunity to look at that. Um, I'm trying to look at the, one of the things I do, and I've been accused of this by some of my dancers, both in a positive and negative ways, oh, you're such an optimist. <laughs> I was going to say, though, this is perfect timing for the young people you're working with, the young dance artists. Yeah, and it's um, it's it's about, I think, finding the positive and of of continuing to need to make. And the thing is, you don't have to have 15 years experience, 20 years experience or something or have been in a company for five years to make. You decide no. you are a maker and some people are better makers and some people are better interpreters and some people don't want to make they want to interpret and they they do their creative energy as an interpreter collaborating with a choreographer and then there are people who are um who are makers and this is the incredible thing in um in noise moves seeing some of these very 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 young people who have decided they want to choreograph they they have something to say mm -hmm. and this year in particular, it's all solos. They're working with themselves, with their own yeah. material, which is the hardest. Yes. And, yes. Um, and they're applying these standards to themselves um, and they're doing extraordinary things. One of the things maybe where Jesse and Lucia and Carla and myself can help is as an outside eye, as a, as a person who's watching. I remember watching a video talk by Bessie Schoenberg. She was a famous uh, choreographic mentor in New York who had danced in the early Martha Graham work and practically every major choreographer in America from the 30s till the 90s passed through her at some point. And she said at one point about making, she said, it's about looking and looking and looking and looking. And there is something about that. And it's about knowing how helping them. And it's, it, uh, I go through the horrors myself in the studio with my own work. I think we all yeah. do. But then we're on the outside with, with another person. Sometimes the really amazing thing is not the thing that feels to you the most amazing thing. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, particularly when you're performing and executing. So you're executing and maybe you, you see them do something that's incredible and then you see them do something that's fine. Yeah. And then you, you say, sorry, can you do that thing? Oh, that? Yes. Do you know how good that is? Yeah. And um, that's, that's very, it's an exciting breakthrough. So with these young people now, you've touched upon a couple of things. It's really interesting in terms of working in these unconventional ways, the freedom then to be able to work, to be able to create in your, in your, in your studio where you carry around with you, your bedroom, your kitchen, wherever it is. 
And there's that freedom within that. And then you being able to talk about it is when you see a young person or even one of your own dancers in the studio, that you are seeing something that they have just kind of fallen into, but you're there to extract more out of them. So I guess it is then how to release this freedom more in these young people and to be able to help them break out of these conventional settings. Okay, so it's a, it's a very, Carlos created this environment that's very constructive and it's a very positive place. And I think um, she tries to maintain that it's a creative workspace, a creative enabling environment. But praise for the sake of praise, it's not a place where you go to feel good either. And, no. uh, yeah. and so there's a way of calling it out. There are times where, you know, maybe the choreographer is feeling fragile and vulnerable and they maybe aren't sure about something and you have to just let it sit and um, and let them do what they do and to stop judging as they're doing it just to do it and then once you do it there's a thing and then when you have the thing then you can see what that is and then yeah. you can maybe maybe offer another perspective that can help them get out of a hole or, okay. or get further into the hole or maybe they're not in the right place and you can see sometimes um material that is fine and then yeah. you see something that is gold and yeah. um and there maybe someone is putting too much into the least interesting part of what they're doing and then to maybe ask them how do they feel about it really what do they feel about that what do they, and does that where do they feel and to help them to come to a sense of of realization also learning how to look learning how to look at their own material without yeah losing their nerve. I suppose it's a bit like driving or something. Um, yeah. And um, I don't drive, though I, I was in a boat last year on the River Shannon. Uh, so as a non-driver and you're driving this massive thing and there's a bridge coming or there's another boat and you you drive, you 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 steer the wheel and it's a bit like that. You, um, you helping them to hold their nerve and helping them to look. Yeah. And them to listen and to give themselves space but then there are times where you see something that they have something that they don't realize and then sometimes say, come on look what you just did Sh make it shine could you do a little more on that more and, and uh, pull it out some more yeah and you you get them to look at that and you get them to focus on that and to stay in that place and to yeah. to give that space um i know myself when you're making work everything comes out differently to how you anticipate plan and plan. And you have this big thing of notes and you go through your notes in the first 10 minutes of the rehearsal and it's okay. And you have to be, then you're kind of on the tightrope and you're in this kind of um, twilight thought called to the gray zone. And it's that scary place. You have to go into that scary place. It's like a no man's land and um, it's okay. And it's even better when, when you reach a point sometimes where you're ready to just throw it in and where you feel you are at a stone wall. Usually, if you haven't reached a point where you're at a stone wall, something's wrong. And for you, is that based on just taking a risk and going with it and things Some, come together or just putting it out there? Sometimes you get so into the material and into the process that you don't have any external objectivity you can't yeah. because you're in it but even if you're not the dancer and you are sitting on 
the outside watching the thing you've made, you can't see it anymore because you you're so close to it. It's so you're so in it. You've no yeah. objectivity. So at that time, it's good to have an outside eye. Always. It's good to have another angle and another viewpoint. Even if you can, that someone else says, oh, I don't like that, but I like that. You can disagree with them. Yeah. But then you have a, you there's that dialogue. Have a reason, then you realize, hang on, no, you're wrong and you're wrong because this is what I feel. And then you become yes. aware of, and you learn how to defend. Yeah, I suppose it's like um, you at some time have to discard something. Maybe there's a time and there's something you make and everything you make. That can happen maybe in one or two pieces that you make something and you keep absolutely everything. Um, but it's like if you're cleaning out, cleaning out your cupboard, your closet or something, and you're throwing stuff out and you realize, actually, no, that was the thing I had my, for my ninth birthday present. And that means something. No, I'm keeping that. But, oh, I'm going to throw that thing out, even mm. though it's more valuable. And you have to learn, you learn instinctively. I think we know what's important. Just have to sometimes get some, need another, something else to help us to, to, to arrive. Realize that. Yeah. Also, some of the things that some of the choreographers make wouldn't necessarily be within my own personal aesthetic. But you can see where they're going and why they're doing what they're doing. And yeah. you can respect that and help them maybe just to make it sharper. If it's something about focus, if it's something about, if it's a simple dance technical thing, or if it's um, something spatial. Um, so there are just to maybe to enable them to, to, to look. And it is, of course, we think about the product and the, the whole process in a way stands or falls on how does it go in that performance that's going to happen in that particular date in April. But the process, I think my memories of this, of, of this whole experience go more into the studio. And I, I heard um, uh, this uh, blog yesterday with um, two ex-Forsyth dancers, Helen Pickett and Elizabeth Corbett, and they were talking about their life as as dancers, as artists, and as choreographers. And they said, yes, they have memories of certain particular performances, but their main memory is the studio. And the process. And the process. And yeah. that's where your most of your life is. Sarah Redner, when she made a piece uh, for my company, Irish Modern Dance Theatre in 2007, it was this four hour long piece she called This Dancer's Life. And Sarah had danced for Twyla Tharp. She danced with all these great dancers and collaborated with Barishnikov. And uh, for her, the dancer's life is the life in the studio. And for her, when she made the performance, she wanted to be the same duration. And she wanted to share that experience with, um, with an audience in That's that beautiful. way. That's how she thought about it. And, and it is part of our life when we're making, when we're interpreting, we're in the studio much more. We're, even if the studio at this time is in your kitchen mm -hmm. um, or the studio inside your head when you're waiting for a bus or when you're walking within your three kilometers, um, you, you do, you're, you're, you're bringing, that's your big inner studio. And then there's the other circumstances 
which I think this situation has let us go that we might dance in a park, we might dance in a car park. Anywhere. Dance yeah. on where it takes us of a building or and and it's 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 something and that we are ready to recontextualize you do when you have a piece and you go from one theater space to another or one place yeah. to another the context changes and Absolutely. and i think we i think we're all going to be stronger going forward after this we've learned so much and we have endured so much and we have continued to do what we're doing possibly even better we will not be stopped. And I think this is what we carry going forward. And we are winning and we are going to survive. Thank you for listening today. Making Noise, Making Moves is part of the Noise Moves Youth Dance Festival for 2021. Noise Moves is a part of Noise Dublin, the youth arts program of South Dublin County Arts Office. The festival is funded by the South Dublin County Council and the Arts Council of Ireland with support from Dance Ireland and Creative Ireland partnerships with Contact Studios and Music Generation Studio, and the festival is sponsored by Dance World. Follow us on social media at Noise Moves, and please subscribe to our YouTube channel to see our latest pieces of work.